0: back to another edition of End to End Podcast. This is going to be Red Wings style this time. We are pumped and ready to go, at least. Ryan's pumped and ready to go. <laughs> Me personally, I have this negative bias against the Red Wings, but I will attempt to I've... keep that in the back of my my very small brain and, and attempt it from not coming out in my, my hate speech and, and all that. Well, I just said hate speech, so there we <laughs> go.
1: Well, you gave it away. That was... Way too quick to give it away, but that's okay.
0: That's all right. I mean, I figure I might as well come out, be upfront about it. Mark Paul hates the Red Wings, but can still attempt to talk uh, objectively. I had to think there. Is it <laughs> subjective or ob- objectively about the Red Wings? And, uh, and Ryan will uh, definitely keep the. Uh, yeah, there's no what you're going to be completely subjective, but that's okay.
1: We'll see. No, we'll, uh, You know, what's interesting is prior prior to this year, obviously you were at a different conference and Doug and I are Wings fans and I don't know where I'm going with this.
0: That's okay. Doug Todd, by the way, he is not with us right (laughs) now. Uh, He hasn't died. He is still with (laughs) us, but he's just not here in the studio and we're really glad that well, we're not glad that he's not here, but <laughs> we're glad that he's here on planet Earth, living, breathing. Raising his children. Raising children. You know, he's he's out and raising children and, and selling hockey equipment
1: like a boss. And by the way, not working at radio stations. Not. Which yep. might be the reason, well, not the reason, but it, it helped in the hiatus. By the way, welcome back to us. we're back. It's been a while. Six months, uh, if you're counting at home. And I'm sure there are plenty of you who have been just another day without end to end. Why even bother? You
0: can take down the big poster in your room that says days until another end to end, because now it's just zero or one. One.
1: Well, now I guess you need a poster for the next time. Anyway... uh, Today, we're, we're going to get into the Red Wings, which if, if you've you already listened to our other podcasts, you know that we ran out of time when we were talking about fighting and the rest of the NHL. And if you haven't already checked out that podcast after this one, give that one a listen. It's literally incredible. <laughs> you will You won't be able to say, you'll probably repeat it and listen to it over and over and over again because it's that good. And when you judge it, please don't look up the definition of incredible because then you'll realize that we're lying. Hey, no. I was I was being really sincere, sincere. about that. <laughs> my bad. Maybe I should look up the definition of sincere. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of sincere, the Red Wings added Jeff Weiss. And <laughs> Jeff Weiss. Jeff
0: Weiss.
1: <laughs> yep. You're super sincere. St- uh, Stephen Weiss. Steve Weiss. Jeff Weiss uh, is my boss at Wayne State University. That's very funny. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. And Daniel Elfordson. I'm sure he's listening. And the results so far... Two games in. Three games in have been mixed, I guess. Uh, It looks like they're having a little problem developing that chemistry, uh, but I'm I'm sure that'll move along here shortly. But I just wanted to know from Mark uh, what you thought as an outsider of the additions of Stephen Weiss and Daniel Alfredson, because, by the way, we haven't done this since they've come here. That's true. And you know... I said that I was going to be objective. I did. Uh, It's
0: really, as a Leafs fan, I don't know if you noticed, if you happen to catch uh, either of the preseason games where the Leafs played the Red Wings, you may have noticed that every time Alfredson touched the puck, Leafs fans boo boo him. Uh, This dates back to 2001, I believe it was, uh, where he did a not-so-nice thing to Matt Sundin, and ever since we hate him. So he will get you know, and you're going to see the Leafs four times this year. I'm excited for the Winter Classic. The Winter Classic is going to be for, very you know, interesting. I think it's going to be split right down the middle 50-50 as far as fans go and for 60,000 people to be booing Daniel Alfredson, that's going to be very fun. But
1: uh Regardless of my my passion, <laughs> personal of hate towards bias. Daniel
0: Alfredson because of something that he did twelve years ago, See, uh, you've
1: already blown the hate theory out of the water. Yes,
0: yeah, okay, that's okay. But Daniel Alfredson as a as a leader, uh, clearly players get behind him, and not that the Red Wings are at, are short on on leadership, but uh, Daniel Alfredson definitely provides a little extra to that second line. Where I, I think it's great that you know with the additions of Weiss and Alfredson. Now Zetterberg and Datsu can play together on a on a just five on five, and I think that that is going to reap some big benefits for them. But I really I like the signing of Steve Weiss better than I like the signing of Alfredson. Uh, I think that Alfredson's good. I think that he's he's probably going to maybe underperform. I mean, it's not like you're bringing in like when the brings Wings brought in Mike Madonna. It's not a situation where you know the guy is hoping that he can Bad perform job. back to a level that he used to be at. I think Alfredson still has a certain level to his play where he can be a good second-line player. I don't think he's going to get more than 60 points. I don't, he's not going to be a guy night in, night out where he's making a legitimate di- difference on the score sheet. And uh, I mean, he's he can play the two-way game. He can do all that. But uh, there'll be games where sometimes you're like, where's Daniel Alfredson? Why, why don't I see him? uh same with Steve Weiss but I like the Weiss signing because of what
1: he brings for the
0: next three or four years I know they signed him to five but
1: before uh before we move on to Weiss real quick I was thinking about this the other day um Daniel Alfredson obviously captain in the league for a long time uh leadership on team Sweden and then you have Henrik Zetterberg already here and and a captain two years in now sure um I was wondering, and you probably can't answer this and nor can I, but we can speculate because that's what we can do. Um, is it hard to captain when you're Henrik Zetterberg and all of a sudden Daniel Alfredson is in your room? Speaking from point of view from from leadership,
0: simply leadership, I look at someone that's a great leader. In order to be a great leader, you need other great leaders around you. and Let's just... Let's just go to the most classic example. Gretzky was the captain of the Edmonton Oilers. Marc Messier helped him to be one of the best captains in the NHL at that time because Marc Messier was a better leader than Gretzky was, even at the time. And I I mean, there's an award after the guy for leadership. And obviously, he became captain after that. But in order to be a good leader, I think you need other good leaders, maybe better leaders around you that are willing to... now. And, and here's the caveat: they have to be able. They have to buy into the fact that you are the leader of this team. I'm just here to help you in any way
1: that I can and help lead other players. And, and that so, was that was kind of my thought from it because you're you're coming in a, and you're Alfredson, and I imagine it's not even going to be an issue. But like if you're Henrik Zetterberg, there's a good chance you've looked up to Alfredson, and now all of a sudden, good point, yeah. You know, you're you're his captain, and that's just got to be a freaky role. And
0: I think for Alfredson. He has been the face of that franchise for the last 17 years. Ottawa, speaking of Ottawa. Uh, to come to a place where there isn't that kind of pressure anymore, where talk radio, honestly, how much hockey talk <laughs> are you getting on talk radio in Detroit? So much, it's, Mark. It's minimal. and Whereas as in Ottawa, they have daily Ottawa Senators shows, not just, oh, hey, let's talk sports and let's talk about the Senators every day. Their sports talk is Senators talk. You can go listen to I think it's like sixteen hundred or something like that in Ottawa. <laughs> you would know the hop station. Hop on to in, Tune In Radio <laughs> and you can listen to it all. But uh, yeah, the, they talk Ottawa Senators and Alfredson as the captain and as the leader and as the guy who has been the best player on that team for a long time, along with Spezza. Uh, they're guys that are they're they're getting hit whenever they're losing now they're getting praise when they're winning but i mean
1: obviously you get Senators, hit 10 times more when you lose sure than you do you know that yeah a lot win. more
0: appreciation when you when you win or a lot more knock on you when you lose anyway
1: so but i think that alfredson stepping into this role he had to have known like he, it's, he's not an idiot he you know he threw it now that you mentioned it though he might even be excited like you said to just come here and be just another hockey player well not just another hockey player but you know what i mean like Guys aren't gonna look up to him necessarily. It's clearly Zetterberg's team. And by the way, I am I'm laughing in studio as Mark adjusts his microphone and it's not going well. I should take a picture of that and post it. <laughs> it that thing's I forgot about, that was about to like snap that. in half. Not that we've ever been in this studio before. Nope. I don't uh, even know what studio we're in. Who knows? Anyway, but yeah, Alfredson is just you know, he's gonna get to come in he's going to chip in, contribute. I'm wondering how much our media here is going to talk to him cuz obviously in Ottawa, he's the guy everyone goes to. And you remember last year in the playoffs, he had that quote when they were down in Pittsburgh like, "Hey, can you win?" and you're like, "Probably not." And, you know, everyone took that to yeah. the top. Yep. And I I think he's he's got to be a guy that maybe in will just enjoy not being along for the ride because I think he's going to be more than just along for the ride guy but I think he's going to be a guy that is just going to enjoy being he'll able he'll to appreciate do the new job role. yeah I I would agree with that anyway so Steven Weiss who I you know stopped you from talking about uh people around here know him from the Plymouth Whalers uh I think yep. I don't know yeah, how he, much he people. For are, the no, he was a whaler. I'm just saying I'm not sure how much people here re- actually remember well, him and from and the play, whalers. Was,
0: I think it was 01 to 03 or four when he played for the
1: whalers, so it was a while ago. He, I, I believe, people here do know that he earned the nickname Steve Weisserman. Oh no, it was before that. My, I was like in the ni- late nineties. No, I think it was in the two thousands. But we can look that up. <laughs> um, however. Uh, the thing I'm noticing right now is that Stephen Weiss is going to take an adjust. It's going to take an adjustment to get him to play the De- Detroit style defensive game, um, and it's not because he's a bad two way player. But I, I think what his problem is going to be early on here is that in Florida, I, I imagine management just went up to him and say, "Like, please go score 30 goals because if you don't." Who else will? Well, the the one no, he did have Jacques Martin as a coach at one point in Florida for two or three years, and so he definitely would have learned the defensive side of the game. I'm not saying he doesn't know it. I'm saying that he like where he's been at on the ice lately has been pretty indicative that he has not been too worried about defense for a while. He has it in him. I'm just saying that right now he just he doesn't look good on that side of the ice.
0: Yeah, and that's that's can be troubling for a second line center, especially with I mean Alfredson isn't the fastest guy in the world and Fronzen is, is is far from it. And so that that could be a scary thing because he's the fastest guy in that line and you'd like to see some hustle out of him.
1: It's gonna work out, I think. I, I don't think it's a problem that can't be corrected. I just I see that right now in his game that that's what's you know, that's what's going to take adjustment, especially in a Mike Babcock system where if you don't adjust fast enough you know you're likely to be sitting out. Or how big of an upgrade is he from Philpola? Offensively, I think he's a huge upgrade. Um, I think he'll be about equal defensively. Philpola was a he's actually pretty a pretty good quality, two-way, yeah, yeah two way center. Uh, he just he never put up the numbers that that people here wanted him because he's going against the second here, second line and i think Weiss is going to be able to put up those numbers. Philbodo by
0: the way scored the game winning goal against Chicago that. last night in the shootout. I
1: saw that. which they also went like 21 minutes without a shot. Tampa Bay did before yeah, they, they got, got, a got their first shot in the shot. first period, 6 in the second <laughs>
0: and then just took over.
1: Uh yeah, but anyway, i i Weiss is going to be there i think by mid season he'll be fitting right in but i think there's a bit of uh adjustment going on right now. And I was just going to throw to you. but (laughs) Sorry, I I was yawning.
0: It's not because you're boring. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, Steve Weiss has always played in a place where there's no expectations from fans. Like, when, yeah, fans are going to come out. But be mediocre... And it doesn't matter. Like it's not like a city like Chicago or Toronto or Detroit where you're still gonna sell out or get close to it regardless of your team's performance. And we know that. And Florida is a place where a lot of players go to die. And they have they've made the playoffs one time since 2001. It was two years ago, and they were promptly a. a they lose in five games.
1: I, uh, <laughs> I wish I knew that off yeah, the top of my yeah, head. I was pretty into that series. <laughs>
0: um, maybe it was six, but, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, he's never had incredible players around him other than uh, uh, I think he was, I think Pavel Bure was there at the tail end of his, the beginning of his career in Florida, but he, it's not like it was. It, no, 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 because yeah, because they missed the playoffs when he—that was the first time he had been to the playoffs—was two years ago. So, no, yeah, Berre maybe was there a little bit, but not very much, not enough to make an impact. He hasn't really had that great of players around him. They haven't drafted very well. I mean, Jay Boehmeister's probably the most notable player to come out of the draft, aside from Stephen Weiss, who was drafted by the Panthers. And uh, we'll see how this Barkov kid turns out. But uh, it
1: just—he hasn't been surrounded with that many great players. And so now he's in Detroit, and his second line could be Florida's first line easily, and a lot of other teams. And and I in that I would lower I would
0: suspect that
1: at some point
0: the the lines are going to get switched around at least game game to game occasionally. Oh, they Babcock, always, oh, you know he's always cycling guys. Even in, in so Boston, they were they were switching. He's going to play with Datsuk. He's going to get to play with Zetterberg. I and mean, sometimes he's he may get relegated backwards to playing with some some third line guys which you know the wings have a bevy of those guys well, around, yeah so.
1: if maybe center line between Bertuzzi and Cleary which isn't you know offensive I guess
0: yeah two I mean, <laughs> two brutes on either side just hey give me the puck and go to the net and just smash and bash I guess would be that line. but
1: I I think you did bring up a good point when, when we were talking about Alfredson as well um that that line is gonna struggle a little defensively now that I think about it. Alfredson's, you know, solid on defense, but he's just he's not, he's not the player he it. once was. Um and Franzen can be motivated. Franzen is Franzen, I guess. All the cliches you know about Franzen, that's what you expect about. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be Fronsen. an up and
0: down player all year. And and maybe they were thinking, well, let's bring in Alfredson and maybe he can help Franzen because Alfredson has been, if anything, consistent over the course of his career. And so if he can help get Franzen back on, onto a some sort of track. It seems like the last two, three years, Franzen has kind of been all over the place. You don't know what kind of guy you're getting. From the, the four, four or five, five goal night in yeah. San Jose in the playoffs a couple of years ago to a guy that just... And then the next game, he's he's gone. You know
1: what's funny, too, is he... He always puts up the numbers. Like you could say, like, "Wow, I haven't seen Franzen score in a while." But then you go and look how many goals he has in the season, and you're like, "Oh, okay, he's not having that bad of a season." But you still hear people constantly saying, you know, uh, "Trade Franzen." Uh, that yeah, they need to a have, killer. they
0: need to have a more public stat. I'm sure it's it's available, but uh, how many games you score in? Yeah, to me that's an interesting stat because it shows some level of consistency. Because it's one thing if hey you scored 15 goals and you happen to have seven multi-goal nights, and that there you know there you go, you had a few lucky nights. But uh,
1: also yeah, and it, it would be easier to identify the streaky players, as obviously sure. Franzen is. Um, moving on though from the the Weiss and Alfredson additions. Um, those additions, and then they signed Daniel Cleary late in the late in the offseason, real late in the offseason. That, that was a weird, <laughs> like, oh, hey, I'm signing with the Flyers. Just kidding. Just going to the Red Wings for a can, tryout. Not only that, he, and he, Cleary ended up signing here for a price that, you know, given almost any other circumstances, you wouldn't hear a peep out of me. Like $1.7 million, whatever. But the problem I had with the move is that it sent – Gustav Nyquist down to the AHL for for probably just the beginning of the season and I understand that and when I was you know complaining about it early pe- everyone explained to me the situation which I which I fully understood anyhow right, you is understand that it's it, just right. a cap move but I believe when you put Gustav Nyquist in the AHL you're putting one of your best 12 forwards you know in in the league below and he's not playing for you
0: <laughs> it's funny because i don't think he'd get claimed why not
1: just send daniel cleary down I, do,
0: I really don't think he'd get claimed
1: well i i think we both know the answer to that is that mike babcock and seemingly him, ken yeah. howland loves him and you know value him far more than you and i ever will um yeah, so he they're seems not... to be ha-
0: to have this like oh he's the glue persona like And this guy, our team just doesn't click the way that it does without Daniel Cleary. Well,
1: even, and there were stories when Dan Cleary wasn't there early in training camp about all the guys saying, like, it's weird that Cleary's not here. So if, if that's really his role and that's just something we don't see, and it's weird, this guy, when he's not here, we just, it's weird. So let's give (laughs) him a million dollars so that he comes and plays here. So maybe that's what happened. Um, But you also had the, the, I this is a trivia question. I'm wondering if a lot of guys who weren't paying attention would get right. If I asked you, and I know you know the answer already, but if I asked anybody, who is the Red Wings' first re-signing of the off-season? It it's Drew Miller. Why? they and you and I and Doug have already said this team already has plenty of Drew Millers. Uh, I guess they don't. Have, you know, you got to have the Drew Miller. Uh, but I think he's just as much the problem as the Cleary resigning as to why Nyquist is down in the NHL, and I just wonder how many of these guys can you have. First of all, and the answer is there's a roster limit. And when all these guys get healthy, what move are are? Yeah, you're going to have to make. I mean,
0: you're talking Drew Miller, Darren Helm, Jordan Tutu, all out with injury. So there's three guys that as soon as they're healthy, you're going to have to decide what to do with them. And I don't see any of those guys being sent down to the minors.
1: I think your first move is obviously you're going to put Corey Emerton back on waivers. He's already been through. No one's going to claim him. That's your first move. But then you're still going to have to make subsequent moves after that.